water, blah, 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 green economy, blah, 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 net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be very, very tough, this summit. And I'm very worried because it, it might go, it might go wrong. We have a moral responsibility, even if we didn't cause it, we would have a moral responsibility to do something about thousands of men, women and children who have lost everything. COP is a massive opportunity, but it is a huge responsibility on the shoulders of world leaders. This is COPcast. Hello and welcome to the third of our COPcasts. Uh, I am in the Botanic Gardens in Glasgow. I am at RSPB Scotland's Glasgow to Globe exhibition, which uh, brings a little bit of some of the kind of key habitats that we are talking about in COP and some of those issues here to the city so that people can experience it for themselves. And we had a special visitor today, and that was Mary McAllen, MSP, who is the Minister for Environment and Land Reform. Now, she was here because... Today is a big day when it comes to talking about woodlands. Uh, you may well have seen some of the global scale announcements. I mean, really genuinely mind-boggling numbers about the amount of money that's hopefully going to be invested in restoring our forests. You know, thinking a lot about the rainforest in the Amazon and others. But there's also important things to be done here in Scotland. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode of the podcast. So the first thing that you're going to hear uh, is some of what uh, Mary McAllen had to say when she visited us. And then that will be followed by an interview with our Scotland director, Anne McCall, and also by Andrew Wetherill, who looks after kind of a woodland and forestry policy for us at RSPB Scotland as well. And then I'll be back at the end. Uh, just to say cheerio, I suppose. Anyway, here you go. This is Mary McAllen, the Minister for Environment and Land Reform. First off, actually, how did you enjoy your visit? Oh, it's been wonderful. I had a beautiful walk over here from COP26, and it's so nice to be here in Glasgow's Botanic Gardens with RSPB, being shown around this beautiful exhibit. Um, moving on to the stuff you're talking about today, tell us um, about the announcement that you have today. Sure. So, COP is ongoing. We need to tackle the climate crisis and we're being trying to be very ambitious about that. One of the reasons that we can be so ambitious is because of the ample opportunity in our natural world to sequester carbon and support biodiversity. And one of the ways that we're doing that is through woodland creation. So we've got very ambitious targets for woodland creation with a strong uh, basis for native species. And what we're announcing today is that over the course of this parliament, we will support and expand our incredible rainforests in the west of Scotland. Yeah, so th- those rainforests are, are an incredible resource, but they're also in a, in a degraded state. Yes. So what will, this, uh, what will the activity actually practically be doing? There's some practical steps that we will take right away with uh, predator management, deer control, with invasive species like rhododendron, all of these things. We're taking advice on how to manage to, just as you say, improve the status. And we're getting behind that with investment. Um, So I'll be speaking with my team very shortly about the detail of of the investment and where that's to go. But as I say, there are those steps that we can take right away to, to improve the status as it is. 
Now, as I understand, the investment is it's, it's part of a package of 500 million. Have you got any sense of what the scale of actual investment from Scottish government and what the potential investment from other partners might be in our rainforest? No, you're absolutely right. So the, the, the public sector, we can't do this alone. We need to work with partners in the private and third sector to do exactly what we need to do. So as you say, it's a £500 million package, which is part of a range of measures which we're taking to support the natural environment in this term. It is the work on the rainforest, it's peatland restoration, it's tree planting, it's soil work. Um, and of course, it's our work on national parks and a new environment bill, which we'll be taking forward. Um, people in some sectors who've been talking about this for a long time will be very impatient uh, because the people have been talking about Scotland's rainforest for a long time. It is obviously great news mm-hmm. that it's achieving more prominence, but can you understand people's sense of frustration and urgency about this? I, I totally understand. And in fact, I was reflecting this morning that if I didn't have the great privilege of being an MSP and a minister and in a really busy two weeks for COP, I'd be out there protesting myself. So I completely understand the, uh, the frustration, the impatience, and I share it and I want to be challenged, so I welcome it. Right, I am here in the Botanics still, uh, and I am with uh, Andrew Witherell, who looks after forestry stuff for us, and also with uh, Anne McCall, uh, the Director of Scotland. Uh, so, the Minister has been and gone. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about what the Scottish Government has been saying to us and to the world today? I'm re- I mean, I'm really grateful the Minister came. She spent a lot of time with us. She came and, you know, looked around the Glasgow to the Lobe exhibition. And, and, you know, it's something we've done with partners, we've done with community groups. So she was really interested and in asking a lot of questions. And, you know, I really appreciate that. It's a big time commitment. I think in terms of, you know, the COP overall, I think um, I think S- Scottish Government is, is is doing a good job in trying to set out its stall to the world. Um, we've got some big ambitious targets in our Climate Act. I think there's a real recognition that we've not been achieving them and some quite serious conversations about what we need to turn the screws on to make that happen faster. So, yeah, I think there's probably a level of, of honesty, but also a desire to set out what we're doing well here. Um, you know, what have we got right? Yeah, we've got some things right. So thinking specifically about woodland type stuff, right? So we've had a lot today about about the global picture when it comes to forests and like enormous numbers in terms of investment, like mind-boggling numbers, and also mind-boggling numbers in, in terms of the geographical global spread of it, right? But for, for Scotland, we, how do we score Scotland currently on 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 how it's doing with with, with woodlands and climate? Are, are we are we doing well or are we doing badly? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think we're doing quite well with the caveat that we need to do a, a lot better. What's been great about today, I think, is that at a, a global climate conference, we've really raised the profile of Atlantic rainforests, our temperate rainforests. So it's not just about tropical rainforests. It's not just about other parts of the world. What's really important is that we brought it home. Um, and so everybody in Scotland can be proud that there's a 
there's a conference happening here and they can see how it applies to them and their woodlands. And we're incredibly fortunate in, in Scotland, and I'm conscious I'm saying this with an English accent, but <laughs> the Scots are incredibly fortunate that they've got this Atlantic rainforest in the West Coast. They've also got the Caledonian pinewood, which is essentially boreal forest. And we've got that temperate... It just explains people what boreal forest well. is. So boreal forest is that northern temperate zone really important forest that runs across Canada and Russia uh, it's not as well known as the Amazon but it's actually a huge carbon store and really working hard for us in terms of storing carbon in the soils and sequestering it out of the atmosphere so to have those three global forest types in one small country and be trying to protect them all is really fantastic and we want to see more of that. Because one of the things that is great about COP, right, for us, is we are able to foreground things that people might not be familiar with. So yesterday we were talking a lot about peatlands and right, trying to get people to understand peatlands. And peatlands have had a bit of a celebrity moment, right, you know, at COP, I think, which is great. But one of the other things that people might be just learning about is Scotland's rainforest. And people might hear that and go, what, like parrots? And like, you know, and all that kind of stuff, right? But when we say Scotland's rainforest, what do we mean? So Scotland's rainforests are, are how we describe Western Atlantic woodland that's filled with, you get a lot of oak habitat, you get a lot of particular types of lichens and mosses. It's, it exists because of the type of climate we've got. I, you mean the rain? Um, dampish. <laughs> You can't get rainforest without a bit of rain. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got that kind of mixture of, of, of climatic conditions. And this is a, I mean, it's a very old forest. It's incredibly good at storing up carbon. But it's also, you know, from a nature point of view, unbelievably rich because you've got that mix of habitat types. You've got mature trees and you've got a fabulous mix of um plant life but also bird life particularly migrating bird life that comes back you know every, every season to enjoy it because I, I think it's when, also the most beautiful greenest lushest environment that you could possibly imagine so let's not lose sight of that as yeah because well. what i was going to say is, is is a lot of people probably will have been in this maybe without realizing it right so if you're listening to this and you've been for a wander in argyle Right, and have found yourself in a broadleaf wood and all the trees are totally covered with moss and there is greenery of bewildering kinds in all places and it feels a bit mysterious and Celtic and like, you know, um Kevin Costner's a bit of stoat out of it or whatever, you know what I mean? Then that that's a that's Scotland's rainforest, right? Or if you've been up like the 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 the, the less travelled bank of Loch Lomond, right? Inversnade where we have a reserve that we look after, then you, you'll have been in that. And I, th I think the thing is, a lot of people will have been in it without realising they've been in it. But from when we think about it, what are the challenges that that habitat faces? What are the big threats to it? Well, I think the first one is fragmentation. Although we've done really well in Scotland in expanding our, our woodland cover in the last hundred years, it's still that those most natural woodlands are fragmented and that makes them vulnerable. Uh, to threats like uh, overgrazing with, with deer and to rhododendron. And of course, we're all aware of pests and diseases. There aren't any major pests and diseases affecting them at the moment, but the rise of pests and diseases coming into the country in the last 20 years would make you nervous about a pest that's going to affect 
oak or uh, a disease that's going to affect um, other trees, rowan, birch, those kind of components of the Atlantic rainforest. So, so the converse of that, if those are the threats, what are the things that we can do to address those threats and where does the money that we think needs to be spent need to go? So I think there's, there's probably three big things we could do to make it better. We can join them up, you know, so you don't have your wee fragments left and that might involve a bit of planting. Um, you can stop stuff eating them in the first place. <laughs> And there's a lot of herbivores uh, in Scotland. Uh, so let's be clear, when we mean herbivores, I mean sometimes we mean goats and stuff like that, but overwhelmingly deer. we mean deer. A lot of deer. And so deer like to eat trees. So managing the deer population, keeping that uh, down so that the trees get a chance to regenerate naturally. And then the other really big one is that we've got rhododendron, which is... I mean, if anybody's been to Morven or Ardnamarchen, I mean, it can look very pretty, but what it also does is, again, stop natural regeneration. So getting rid of rhododendron is no small task. And if we could get rid of rhododendron, manage the deer population, that will help those fragments regenerate naturally and then help them join up. Because like a lot of these things that we're talking about at COP, what we're talking about essentially is trying, the, the rhododendron is there because of us, right? Right. The rhododendron is there because it's an introduced plant. It's essentially about people cleaning up their mess and getting out the way. Is that a fair way to think about it? Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting putting it like that. It's on that continuum between ecological restoration where we need to take actions and what many people think of as rewilding where you don't do anything. But if you don't do anything, actually, the rhododendron proliferates and the deer proliferate. So... There's a reason why this is the UN decade of ecological restoration. And as part of that 30 by 30, you know, getting 30% of nature protected by 2030, this is the ideal location to demonstrate that in Scotland. Yeah, and just to pick up on something, just to finish off, you did say earlier on, right, which is, I think a bit like people like Forsenard, right, that we've been talking about, where I, until I went, I didn't really have a feeling about it. And then I went and the, it got in my head. Like, it really got in my head. I was at Inversnade last autumn, about this time last year, and it rained and rained and rained. And then right at the end of the day, the cloud just split. And the whole and the light was low. Like, in fact, it's about four o'clock just now, and the light's really low like this. And the light came through the trees... And it was like, it's, it's, it's indescribable. It's, I mean, it's an incredibly beautiful habitat. And I think Andrew really nailed it, that if we don't do something actively, we'll lose it. So some serious investment in creating a kind of funding pool that will help us manage the rhododendron, help us ensure regeneration of the forests we've got and we can open up that extraordinary place to far more people in far more parts of Scotland and it'll be good for the climate and it'll be great for nature. That's dead easily, just get that done then. <laughs> okay, well thank you both very much for taking the time to speak to us about this today and I'm sure I'll be catching with both of you further on into COP but thanks. Thanks Dean. Thank you. Okay, so that is it for the third Um 
don't forget, like, subscribe, leave a review of the podcast wherever you're getting it because it helps people find us in the podcast jungle. Also, if you want to get in touch with us and let us know how COPs are working for you or if you've got any questions you'd like to try and get us answered, because after all, you know, I have access to a whole bunch of extremely clever people here who are here for SPB Scotland and for other partner organisations, you can email us podcast.scotland at rspb.org.uk. But anyway, from a dusk at the Botanics where it's lovely and still and autumnal. That's it for today and I shall speak to you later in the week. Thanks, bye-bye.